It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed, and that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of the Hawks Hawks podcast, an Atlanta Hawks podcast hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I'm Jackson Redmond, joined today by my co-host, my lovely and dear co-host, Logan Barnes. Logan, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm uh, doing good. Uh, we're recording this about an hour after the Hawks game ended, and which was a win. Woo. We did it. We, 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 beat the, uh, we beat the shorthanded Clippers without their two best players. Hey, man. Listen, at the end of the season, we're going to remember this? Nope. No. When nope. I was thinking about this during the game, I was like, I was like, eh, this is kind of sort of a Mickey Mouse win. And then I was like, you know what? Our schedule, yeah, I'll take it. Because, like, I'm going to look back. I'm not going to care. Because, like, oh, obviously, this part of the schedule, very hard. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm glad we won that game against the Clippers without Paul George and Kawhi. No, yeah. You take everything you can get right now. I mean, it's Especially don't in this league. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. You know, people can... Uh, point out the fact that we've had a little bit of a Mickey Mouse schedule so far and you know what that's completely true but hey man we'll take what we can get got a, got another tough game tomorrow got to uh, play Brooklyn no idea if all three of the guys will play they kind of have been like almost staggering them so I guess it'll be interesting to see um, but yeah I guess it was sort of the way I saw it was you know this was like a really tough three game stretch um, I mean there's more tough games after this but the fact that we will, no matter what, come out of that three-game stretch still at least at 500 is it's, it's good. It's very, uh, you know, it's kind of a relief. It's nice to uh, know that we're not going to fall too far below 500 anytime soon. Knock on wood, I guess. Um, kind of crazy that not too long ago we were two games below 500 and we were doomers. Dooming. Yeah, we were dooming. And, you know, not that the Hawks played great today, because they didn't, um, at least not for the first half. But, uh, really, can't complain too much. Just sort of bunkered down when they needed to and uh, got the job done. It just took way too long for them to give a shit. But, you know, we'll, we'll still take it. You know, as always, you, you take wins when you can get them, especially in the shortened season and with, like, all the, like, the possible COVID cases you can get. Uh, you know, just something you never want to say. But before we start off this episode, Logan, we have to do something kind of emotional. Did want to send my condolences to Sekou Smith, NBA writer. Originally, the Hawks beat writer, he passed away today of COVID. Rest in peace. Um, thank you for your service. You, he, he ran so me and Logan could walk the, the path of Hawks content. Wow. So, thank you. Seriously, rest in peace. Condolences to him and his family, as well as his friends. But, yeah, we just wanted to get it out of the way. Logan, mm-hmm. need to ask you something. I'm ready. I did not watch the Bucks game. I'll be straight up. I was asleep during it. Don't I... ask me why I was asleep at 8 p.m. I mean, no judgment. This podcasting lifestyle it leads you in mysterious paths. So, it, it, as soon as you sign up for a podcast, you go ahead and get a bad sleep schedule. So that's just the sacrifices I make. It happens. Well, what was so, the question though? I was going to ask you how'd that game go because obviously the Hawks lost, but there was a lot more to that than just saying the Hawks lost because Trey and Capella were out. So I'm going to give you a few minutes and you just go over that game for me, or as far as you want to. I, I did not watch every single minute, but I did watch, I'd say, a good majority of it. The, uh, the first, really the whole first quarter was abysmal. Um, 
I mean, the Hawks got down by double digits relatively quick, which is, is sort of what you expect. Like, you expect that game to be a slaughter, right, without Trey and Capella. And you're facing the Bucks, who are, once again, they're like finals or bust type, type of deal. And Drew Holiday's playing out of his mind, and Giannis is Giannis, and all of that. So the first quarter started off pretty bad. Um, but after that, the team honestly played pretty well. Um, John Collins shot the lights out. I think he was 6 of 8 or 6 of 9 from 3, so probably the best three-point shooting game of his career. Uh, and then the main story for the Hawks that game was DeAndre Hunter. Like, he he just... It, it's it's silly to say it took over, because, you know, the Hawks did lose, and technically they lost by double digits, so it's not like he took over and won the game, but he was, he was the main facilitator. He was um, just really... Making making things happen off the dribble, he was hitting his jump shots. He had some really he had this one really nice up and under move that I'm like th- that dude would not have tried that last year. Like there that would have never gone through his mind to try that, and he just did it pretty pretty seamlessly. Um, once again, got to the rim, played pretty good defense. I mean, he was he was hooping, man. I mean, DeAndre Hunter, like if if the first ten or so games you didn't really buy that he was breaking out and that his offense was just legitimately steps like not just a step but multiple steps above what it was last year that's the sort of game where you're like okay no it's pretty legit he's he's just legitimately a different player now um yeah in his first 30 point game of his career he got to 33 um he, he was extremely good there's no other way to put it um really not too many complaints about that game because i mean frankly once you found out that trey and capella were sitting it was almost like a scheduled loss like you kind of just got to take it in stride, I guess, you know, you'll, you'll get some scheduled losses, and then, like, today against the Clippers, you'll get some sort of scheduled wins, and then it happens, but the Hawks were able to fight down the stretch. They, they cut it down to, I think, almost like a seven-point deficit in the third quarter, so they were legitimately in the game up until um, the Bucks made a fourth-quarter run, so it wasn't an awful game. Certainly some good things to take away from it. Cam Reddish did look pretty bad, though. He, he really struggled. We're, we're gonna have to talk about Cam today. There, there, there needs to be a, a Cam intervention. I don't even know if it's that bad. He's just not consistent. I don't, I, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. But it's very good podcast content and something I actually want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, like, what was it? A week and a half ago, he shot four or five from three, and he made four of the team's five threes. So, you know, his jump shots just super inconsistent. But he still has plenty of issues. Um, you know sufficient to say that DeAndre Hunter is, in fact, the much better player right now. <laughs> I mean, so, to be fair, DeAndre Hunter is, like, the second best player in the Hawks. Uh, that dude's hooping. Like, he, is, is that a hot take? Like, do you agree with that no, or what? No, no, no. Especially not this year. Look, we love John. Um, I'd say John's four at the moment. Who do you have three? Capella? I'd go Trey, Hunter, Capella, John. Yeah, top I mean, four. You know, I think, I think in terms of who's better... Typically, I'd say John's better than Capella, but the way Capella's been playing the last week or two, you really can't, you know, get, you got to give him some props, right? Um, I don't know, man. It's just, like, it's not that John's doing anything wrong. Like, in the game against the Bucks, he scored in bunches. Like, he had 30-plus. And tonight against the uh, Clippers, his shot wasn't really falling, but he still played really well on defense, had some important buckets. It's not even that he's playing poorly. It's just that Hunter has, like, taken such a massive leap on both sides of the ball and a two-way wing that can make his own shot and knock down threes, and you can reliably put him on the other team's best or second-best offensive player. Like, that's just more more valuable than a rim runner. So, yeah, no, I mean, for sure, Hunter this year has been the Hawks' second-best player. And people keep saying, like, he's been the most consistent Hawks player. And, I mean, there's they're a very valid argument for that because, you know, Trey's had some inconsistencies, but Trey put together like his fourth straight good game today, so I wouldn't worry. Yeah, there's right there's there, there's no more dooming about Trey. I mean, he's back. I mean, yeah. it, I, I this is kind of uh, yeah. We can talk about this now. That shot he had in the fourth. I mean, that kind of just like if you had any doubts that Trey was back, that dagger. Well, I put dagger in parentheses because I mean in quotations because really that should have been a dagger, but the Hawks did let the Clippers battle back before Herder had to hit the actual dagger. But that deep three. From like thirty four feet, that trade that was ridiculous. Like, I don't yeah. like for somebody who like two weeks ago, me and you were sitting in the, in this very spot. We were like, tr- we're dooming about Trey. You know, we're like, ah, this sucks. He's in a slump. Hopefully, he gets out of it soon. And now two weeks later, he's hitting thirty foot, thirty four foot three pointers to, to put away the game. Essentially, that's just insane to me. So no more dooming about Trey. The doomers lost this round. All right, 
They got yeah. they got blown out this one. I, it's like people forgot the idea of what a slump is. Like, listen, just because LeBron James pretty much never slumps doesn't mean every fucking superstar in the NBA is bulletproof and never slumps, man. Like, Steph Curry slumps. Kawhi Leonard has some rough games. Anthony Davis struggles sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just chill. Sometimes players play bad for a week. It happens. I mean, especially with a player like Trey's archetype where he, like, a lot of his game is ultimately influenced by his jump shooting. And that's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? can be variable it can yeah yeah there you go vol- there we go that's the, volatile maybe volatile that's the that's the word thank you logan uh, volatile just like I, he's each prone to slumps that's just kind of how it goes it, that's how it goes for all shooters in the league but trey's offense primarily comes from his shooting but i mean obviously there's reason to doom about the passing and you know the turnovers the defense but the dooming is over now we need to talk all right we're going to talk about cam reddish in full now before we move on to the uh, clippers game is that cool of you it's fine with me I want to ask you. Me and you hype up Cam. We're probably his biggest fans. Like, out of all Hawk, Hawks podcasters out there right now. It's a bold claim, but sure. No, I, I think it's us. I, I think I think it's us. I think I think it's us and nobody else at the top. All right. First of all, you can say Cam. Okay. All right. How do I want to put this? I don't want to say something stupid that I'll regret. Mm-hmm. Cam has admittedly been not good this season. But I also don't think it's time to doom because I know I'm doing the whole oh he's only he's so young but he is, and then you get into the lack of practice and do the COVID which uh, Lloyd Pierce was talking about how they've only practiced like what four or six times this whole like season due to like the COVID stuff and stuff like that. It's hard for me to like look at Cam what he's putting out the court at face value and be like yeah this guy is just terrible this guy is bad because at the moment he's playing bad but I don't think he's a bad player essentially. If that makes sense, I thing, think he's gonna he's gonna turn it around soon. The weird thing for me is that his defense is slumping. Like he just he's been worse on defense the last week or so than he was. I mean, to start the year he was fantastic on defense. He's exactly what you'd expect. But lately, the defense he's just been gambling too much, and he sort of has been almost like lazy a little bit at, at times. It's very disconcerting stuff, but. I, I really wouldn't doom about his offense. Like I'm I know Hawks fans got super excited about him and I get it. I was there with you. But I think it's clear now he's just not gonna take off yet. Like the offense just he still needs more time. He's still a raw player. So don't doom about it now. Like players are not finished products by year two. Um, especially a guy who's like Cam who you knew coming into it, like out of college, he had a ways to go. He was not close to even like tapping into what he could be so i wouldn't do him about it, it, it it's always frustrating because you know he, he'd be missing some open threes and it's like dude like you're wide open just just nail it down like dudes at the ymca could hit that pretty reliably but you know i, I mean it happens man i mean his offense it's just it's just hit hit or miss and the misses are pretty big and the hits are the hits are always nice he always you know the key for him is for me, in my opinion, besides the obvious of just like hitting your jump shots, is getting to the line. Um, and when he doesn't do that, then you know it, it just sort of it, it becomes really tough for him to see the ball go into the hoop. So I mean, I'm not worried about it, but again, it, it'd be nice for him to at least figure it out on defense because the defense is legitimately, at least in my opinion, been slumping a little bit. But you know, I would also say long term, I. I'm not going to worry about Cam's defense. His offense may never come together, but his defense, he'll he'll be a great defensive player for the next several years. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I, I think the point you were talking about on his defense mainly is like he's gambling too much. That's something I noticed. You remember that, uh, was it a back-to-back? It, we played the Nets twice in a row. You remember? Yeah. It was like in the second game, Cam just completely went from playing like sort of conservative on defense. He just was like in the passing lanes, which is a good thing. Like you want guys to be aggressive in the passing lanes. Like we see it with Trey. I mean, occasionally Trey will have those outlier games where he has like four four steals because he's just hunting in the passing lanes constantly. But like Cam's not someone who that, who, that shouldn't be his primary primary focus. Like I, Cam's Cam's role should be let me let me let this guy catch the ball, then let me do what I do best and just d him up on the perimeter. Yeah, because when I, you're stopping Kevin Durant on the drives, I mean, I'm not worried about like your league average small forward taking Cam to the bucket. That's just kind of how it goes. Like his his aggressiveness on defense is starting to like hurt him, and that's something that can easily be corrected. Which is also why I'm not like, oh yeah, Cam's cooked. 
you know what, all that hype for nothing, wash type stuff. Especially with how John and Clint have been playing at the rim and defending at the rim and in the paint. Like, Cam needs to just stand in front of his guy on the perimeter. Because if, if he overgoes, like, if he just really overexposed himself in those passing lanes, then all of a sudden the, those perimeter guys, they have too much space. And there's nothing you can do when you have great paint defense when you have guys that are wide open in mid-range or in three. So, yeah, it's just, it's just weird. I don't know if he's in his own head, if he's trying too hard to make, like, highlight plays or big, like, momentum-swinging plays to sort of provide value to the team. But he needs to just sort of worry about chilling on defense. He's doing his thing, you know. He's always going to get steals and generate steals and turnovers because that's just, like, how he is. He has his very active hands, and he has, you know, a great wingspan. He's just sort of built to be a good defender in the NBA. But when he's going for it too much, it, it creates problems for the rest of the defense. So, you know, he's young. He'll he'll figure it out. But definitely would be nice for him to sort of just chill out a little bit, you know, just, like, relax, just sort of borrow some Prozac from Jackson and just chill. You know what I mean? It's like reining it in for Trey on offense. Like, you remember, like, Trey's rookie season, every Reddit game thread you go into would be like, oh, coach got to tell him to rein it in. That's what Cam needs to do, but on defense, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Stop playing so overtly aggressive. But I think Cam's issue is I think there's more to it than the fact that he's just inconsistent on offense, which he is. Like, I feel like everyone, me and you can both admit, like, at this moment, Cam Reddish is very inconsistent on offense. Like, once again, he's very volatile. Look at me, big boy vocabulary, baby. Wow. It, it, but, like, this year's team really isn't, like, tailored toward him, towards him, in my opinion. That's just my two cents. I don't see Cam as, like, a catch-and-shoot guy. Just being Like, that's something he can definitely do, and he's shown us he can do that before. Like, you remember that game where he went four or five, and I think, like, a majority of those shots were catch-and-shoot. I, I really think we need to, like, get Cam, even though his handling has been admittedly very bad this year, which I think has a lot to do with the fact that he wasn't able to work out much this summer due to COVID. Wasn't They haven't practiced much this year due to COVID. So I, I don't know what you really do with Cam at, at this role. Like, do you just keep letting him catch and shoot and just, like, accept the inconsistencies that may come with it? Or, or do you just say, Cam, we need to get you back to what you were doing best last year when you were playing your best offense, putting the ball in your hands, letting you run the pick and roll, you know, letting you do all that. I think it's an interesting topic because if the Hawks want to win, obviously we need to shoot good. I, I feel like that's just universally agreed on. Like the Hawks, the Hawks can't win games shooting under thirty percent from three. And now that we have Gallo back, I mean, we can probably uh, now that we have Gallo back, you know, Bogdan will be back in what like two, three months, I guess, yeah, two or three months, in, in a bit of time. And Tony Snell, who's not that very, he's not what we really expected. You know, he's kind of like Alan Crabb. He really um, is. Yeah, no, that was actually a good analogy by you. I think you should let Cam just keep taking these catch-and-shoot shots, and hopefully it works itself out. And I also don't think it's the end of the world if Cam's missing his catch-and-shoot shots because I would rather see Cam shoot, like, 25% on catch-and-shoot shots than see Solomon Hill shoot, like, 30. I know that I know that sounds stupid because, obviously, like, I, I pump up the, oh, I want the Hawks to win. But also, I still care a lot more about Cam's development and I don't feel like that difference would be enough to like sway wins to losses. If you know, I mean, it should make sense to what I'm saying. But that basically, that's what I would do if I was a Lloyd Pierce. I'd be, I'd be like, Cam, you just gotta, you gotta keep shooting. It's like the keep shooting pitch. Just go out there, keep getting the shots well, up. Let's see what happens. It's just frustrating because he he's been been taking some stupid shots too. Like he he takes unnecessary step backs. They just doesn't need. So he really is forcing it, um, which is an issue because like we love Cam, but he's not that high level shot creator so stop trying to force yourself to you know could could he in high school you know take a nice little step back off the dribble in the defender's face and splash it sure he can't do that now not consistently and he, he keeps forcing it i think if there's one thing you could be sort of like maybe a little upset about with cam it's like deandre hunter had the same disadvantages he you know no practices he had COVID over the summer he was sort of hard for him to get to the gym and DeAndre Hunter took a massive leap. And Cam Reddish is, like, the same guy he was in, like, December of last year. Or November. Or you know, just sort of depending on the day. Um, obviously, that's, they're different players. Hunter's older, has championship experience in college. And that was sort of his thing, was he was just sort of a ready-made player. But, you know, I, I guess if, if you really wanted to doom about something, you'd sort of question, like, how hard was Cam, like, trying to actually be better and work on like the fundamentals and how much was he just working on like with Steph Curry just trying to take ridiculous threes and try to like be a a sniper when that's just not really his game but that that's just you know that's speculation that's you know 
that's just me sort of shooting the shit. So unfair to say, but just just sort of something I thought about earlier today. Like, yeah, you know, Hunter took a big leap, and it's not like he had, you know, like that dude was hooping up there in Virginia with Ty Jerome, and he still got massively better, which is crazy. I don't, you know. Wasn't like Cam's like I I guess it's called his motor. I hate I hate that term so much. By the way, like I hate when people talk about prospects motors. I don't know. It's just corny to me that like Cam's motor was low. Like he didn't like Cam obviously has all the talent in the world to be good. Like we've seen that in the NBA even at points. Like especially like the second half of last season. Like I, I wonder if those things like were somewhat true to where like Cam's drive to be a great player isn't like what we think it is. Like. Obviously, it's hard to, like, know what the guys are doing in their free time, and it's personally not something I care about. Like, it's very hard for me to be like, ah, oh, Cam, you 21-year-old grown man, go uh, go play basketball in there in the offseason. Like, I'm, I don't care that much. I'm not going to do that. But yeah, for sure. I, I wonder if – I mean, you were talking about that, so I, I genuinely do wonder if that's something. Because I, I think in his handle, like, he's looked significantly worse than he did last year, but that also might just be a thing of he's getting used to doing it again. Or maybe – He's just maybe last year's just a flash in the pan, and he's Tony Allen 2.0. You know what? That could be it too. You know, it, it's always it's never a bad time to start dooming people. Tony Allen 2.0 would still be nice though. Not no, lie. that would be very see. That's the, that's the thing. At worst, we end up with Tony Allen 2.0, and Tony Allen played like what 15 years in the league. Good for me, dog. I mean, yeah. he's a part of some great Memphis teams. Works for me, dog. I don't see what the big issue is. You know, fingers crossed. I mean, I, I would I would like that like that outcome i mean it's not something to worry about yet it's just it's a little annoying seeing him miss these shots but it'll happen i think it truly like i can't say it enough hunter taking the the step forward really does make you feel better about it though because like you really the hawks really needed one of hunter or reddish to become at least like near all-star level and i i you know I don't want to call Hunter that, that he's played like an all-star yet so far this season, but he's been damn near that level, right? So it's nice that at least one of the guys is showing the progress like immediately. But I still, you know, I'm still a shout-out to Cam Stan. I'm still a stan of Cam Reddish forever. So just have to see how it works out. Or, the thing is, is that me and you are in way too far deep to just be like, oh, you know yeah. what, Let, let's stop. Yeah. Like, we, we can't pivot on this. Like, and Capella hate pivot. Hunter hate pivot. We can't pivot thing. on this one. It's easy to pivot when you're wrong about somebody and they're better than you were hoping. It's really hard when you love a player and you have to pivot towards being wrong about him. Like, maybe he's not that good. Like, you you still haven't pivoted, pivoted, ah, yeah, pivoted off Culver, right? No, I still I still genuinely believe he's going to be good, which might See? just be stupid at this rate. See, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to pivot off those guys. But after two or three games, we pivoted right off the uh, Capella hate. It's like, that, oh, that's damn. a pivot right there. Sometimes you got to pivot. Yeah, it's like, damn, he, he's, he's the dude he was in Houston. We're good. So. It's hard for me to look at Cam and be like, oh, my God, let's start dooming about him. While Meanwhile, Jarrett Culver shooting like 30% from the three-throw line. I mean, it can always get worse, people, is what you need to realize. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, uh, you know, it could it could be worse. Like you said, the worst case with Cam is we have a plus defender that can occasionally knock down threes. I, I'd say... The floor is not Tony Allen. It's more like uh, Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges. That might be. That might be. Yeah, that is hoop. That's actually kind of disrespectful. Apologies to all my Suns fan out there. His floor is like Patrick Peterson. (laughs) That man's a center. Uh, Look, Tony Snell. Is that a good one? I'm thinking of the wrong name. I I just said the name of a cornerback dog. I'm thinking of Patrick Patterson. This is how you know. This is why I can't cover teams that aren't the Hawks. I'm thinking of the dude that played for Roberson. I'm thinking of Roberson. Oh, Audrey. <laughs> I mean, that kind of makes sense. I'm just I mean, stupid. That dude, that dude definitely could have. No, nah, that's real. I, I feel that. I, I like he said Patrick Peterson. And I thought you were talking about Patrick Patterson, the center for the Clippers. I was like, no, uh, no. I said Peterson. Yeah. That, the cornerback okay. for the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, okay. I mean, that makes My bad. I meant much Andre more sense, Roberson. I guess. I, that's Cam Slore, though. You know, a plus defender that, like, I mean, Cam's already a better shooter than Roberson ever really was, so I wouldn't really worry about that. But like, you, you get what I'm saying. Like, um, that's the floor, and you know, if that's the floor right right now, then you know, hurts a little, but we we there, and he's he's likely better than that, so I'm not gonna worry about it too much. But yeah, I mean, that's enough about Cam. I think I think we uh, 
you know. Don't doom about it yet. Just just chill out, you know. You doomed about Trey. Well, not you specifically, but you know, people were doomed. Oh, about I Trey. doomed. I don't. I don't care if you say I doomed. I was one hundred percent dooming. Yeah, well, you're you're, uh, you're the reactionary one here, and that's fine. That's your role here. I'm the I'm the monotone fucking Brad Rowland impersonator. Uh, so. I mean, I don't think that's how that works at all. All right. Uh, do you wait? We have to do something real quick, Logan. As always, <coughs> we have to take a we have to take a little ad break. <laughs> Me and Logan are going to be back to break down the Clippers game after these quick messages from our sponsor Spreaker. We'll be right back. Talk to you in a second. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. And we're back. Thank you to Spreaker, as always, for allowing us to play those ads. If you would like to start your very own podcast and allow someone to host it for you, go to Spreaker.com and you can start today. Logan. Yes. We need we need to have a discussion. Now, I was actually planning. I was actually planning on getting on your head, Logan. You're very lucky. Wow. You're very lucky, sure dog. No, I I just want to say I was typing something in our chat actually, and it was like Kevin, and then in parentheses it was like better than Luke Kennard Herter and then like his first half stat line because you know like that's one thing you always talk about is like how Kevin Herter is going to get paid more than Luke Kennard I just thought it was funny because Luke Kennard was high key kind of hooping against us and then that fourth quarter happened and then my joke was just gone so yeah I, listen man don't doubt me I, 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 I wasn't going to let that one go to waste I thought that's a good one so I just thought I'd say it now I, I do want to say without Herter <laughs> I hate I can't believe I'm saying this without Herter's fourth quarter contributions we probably lose oh he saved us because in the fourth quarter, the Clippers tied it. Like, they scored, I think, seven or six straight points, and they tied it. And then Herter, they, they, like, LP took a timeout, and I guess he was just telling Herter, yo, just go shoot it. Just go shoot that shit, dog. And Herter scored eight straight points for the Hawks, saved it, saved the bench unit, was able to keep everyone at bay, and then Trey came back. And once Trey came back, you know, the offense was steady enough to where we could pull away and win. So, yeah, Herter, I mean... I want to say he won us the game, but he massively, massively helped us pull away in the fourth quarter. So, shout out to Herder, man. He uh, he played like crap the first three quarters, especially on defense. That dude was getting toasted on defense. But then in the fourth quarter, when it mattered, he uh, he looked like he he looked like Ray Allen out there, man. He was just he was just Ray Allen game six, just clutch, just clutch gene like skip bayless would say man he was he was hooping i mean it was kind of remarkable because like in the first like in the first three quarters i'm watching this dude play i'm like oh my god herder's back is sucking all right doom about this guy as always and then the fourth quarter the guy just turns into the greg jennings of the atlanta hawks he's got the team on his back he's i mean he's just carrying us to victory god willing i mean it just does not make sense it does not make sense to me but props to herder i mean he definitely deserves like some props for tonight like even though i occasionally like to hate on him i mean i'll say it Without Herder, we we probably lose this game, maybe. I don't know. Trey kind of Trey kind of bailed us out. It would have well. been, been a mighty embarrassing loss. So. No, that would. I actually, you know, we did win one hundred eight to ninety nine. I I was like, we were like in the third quarter, close close was up by four. I was like, I'm gonna start dooming so hard if we lose, dog. I was like, you know, people are gonna tell me to shut up. I'm gonna get so annoying because like this this would have been a bad loss. Like making the Clippers bench and their third stringers look like a competent basketball team next to the people we call the sixth seed in the East. I mean, no, just just no, dog. Just I, I hey, can't man. do it. You don't have to call them the sixth seed in the East. That's what they are right now, baby. Let's go. Are we actually? But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the issue is that if the if the playoffs started today, we'd 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 be facing the Bucks. <laughs> All right, Hawks at seven. Hawks at seven. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be tough, but I mean, we know how Budenholzer is in the playoffs firsthand. So, but yeah, I mean, it would have been a very tough loss. Um, that first half was extremely, extremely, extremely frustrating. Um, the offense was just completely in disarray. Trey was okay in the first half. I think he had twelve, twelve or so. Points. Yeah, I mean, Trey the was, was Trey was primarily fine to me in the first half. I didn't have much. Of, I mean, the passing in the second quarter was like noticeably lazy and like just bad. There's a few, like, really poor turnovers, I guess. But other than that, I thought he was fine. 
yeah, I mean, the team as a whole was pretty, pretty, just lazy tonight. It was just, at least in the first half, it was just, like, sleepwalking. I don't know if they're looking ahead to the big game tomorrow against the Nets and they're sort of young super team. Well, not that the players are young, but, like, the super team that just sort of formed. I don't know if that's what they're looking for. I don't know if they're just conserving energy because it's back-to-back. I don't know if they were just sleepwalking. But, yeah, um, first half was very frustrating. The offense couldn't do anything I, for neither team, really. It was a low-scoring game. I mean, in general, that you know, 108-99 to is a low-scoring game for the modern regular season. But especially in the first half, it was rough. People could not hit shots. Lou Will was like – frankly, Lou Will kind of played the uh, Clippers out of the game today, at least in my eyes. He, he had a good player, too, in the third and fourth quarter. But generally, like, Lou Will sort of shot the Clippers out of it. And I don't know, man. Down, down the stretch, it's just luckily that Trey and Herder sort of came through and – I guess one other thing is that Capella, Capella and John's defense is big again, and then Capella again just grabbing rebounds gave us a bunch of second chances, which dude was much needed because because tonight you just needed every chance to score as you, you could take because it was a struggle. John's rim protection tonight was literally insane. Like I was actually like very impressed with John tonight. Like it seemed like every time that he would come down the court, he was getting a block. And looking at the stats, he actually finished with like five. So yeah, that just kind of goes to show. That like John John was John was a man on a mission tonight. Like he played really well on defense, which is obviously good to see. Obviously, we question JC's defense a lot, and I mean, obviously tonight he showed up five blocks, and he really wasn't getting getting it done on the offensive end. For example, he was four of eleven. So really, I mean, obviously not something to be like, oh my gosh, John out played us out of the game with his offense, but something to be like, yeah, John really wasn't a factor on offense tonight. But his defense was very much needed. And uh, yeah, I'm proud. Uh, John was missing some bunnies tonight for sure, um, but he made up for his defense. He was great, great on defense. He, I mean, you know, it's hard to bag on JC Tour because he really does have to accept a, just a vastly different offensive role. Like he, he has so like when do you when have you ever seen John have this many post ups? You know what I mean? Like he's just posting up multiple times a game, and it's generally a pretty efficient set for us. So. Shout out to John for just making making it work. And even tonight when the offense just isn't coming easy to him, the defense legitimately impressive and massively important for us. So hey man. That that's what that's what good players do. They they, they find ways to contribute. And so I mean we appreciate it that you know John can shoot four at twelve and we still have a nine point win, so definitely big for us. I mean, John was amazing. I mean, it is like this defensive stuff. This reminded me of actually rookie year John. Like, John was, like, really good around the rim that year. We were hopeful for him as a shot blocker. Kind of went away, you know, the past, you know, the next few years. And then, like, tonight, it just kind of returned. Like, everything was clicking. I mean, it wasn't just like he was getting easy blocks. Like, he was going up on shots. He was going up on Zubac and Serge, who, like, definitely aren't easy guys to block. I mean, Zubac is, what, like, seven foot standing. And then, like, you're accounting for his baby hook, which was one of the best in the league. So... Definitely impressed with how John played tonight. Uh, do want to talk about Hunter. He played great. Hunter is great again. Yeah. Back-to-back games where Hunter's uh, like been very, very, very good. I mean, last game he was the best player on the floor. I didn't watch that game, but just kind of telling from what you've told me and just like personally looking at the box score. I mean, Hunter is Hunter has gone from taking the leap to get get get, get ready, Logan. The leap. We have hit the point to where I'm ready to call it. Brandon Ingram, he took the leap. Hunter's taking the leap. So, I don't know. I, I mean, it's crazy how much it, he's improved. Like, it, like I talked about this last podcast. Like, last year, he's a guy who had trouble on the perimeter. He had trouble I mean, perimeter on defense. He's like, we didn't know if he, we didn't know if his offensive game was anything more than catches you. And then tonight in the fourth quarter, he's making, like, these really good shot-creating plays by himself. I'm just like, where did this come from? Like, what happened over that course of March until December when the season started that made Hunter just so much better than what he was? Like, was this just something that the like last year's team didn't allow from the roster, how maybe the plays were being done? Or is this just something that like you think came over time with Hunter just improving? Like, you know, being a rookie and then a second-year player. Because going from his rookie season to a second-year player, he's honestly a completely different player. Like, it's, it's insane to me. I, if he shoots, I'm pretty sure it's going in. So... That just kind of goes to show you, like, at this point, I'm as confident as, like, Hunter on offense as I am somebody like Trey Young. And that's for saying something, because, you know, you know what I think of Trey. Like, I think he's one of the best offensive players in the league. And Hunter is just, 
He's just improved so much, man. I'm just so happy for him. And I will admit I was wrong about him. Like, I'll gladly take my L on that. You know, I'm he, he does well, man. That's all I want to say. I don't know. It's just crazy. I'm, I'm crazy thankful. That was a hell of a monologue. I mean, it, well, I mean, it is crazy. I mean, like, he is a completely different player. He is. He is. Um, I think some of it was he just worked on his handle. Like, if I had to guess, he worked on just a little bit face-up game, mid-range, and his handle. But I think it was a mentality change. He just realized, like, wait a second, dog. Like, I'm 6'8". I'm built. I'm chiseled. I'm strong as hell. I'm, like, why am I just settling? Like, why am I settling for weak shots? Why don't I just punish guys, go to the rim? And, like, I'm either making the lip or I'm making them foul me. And I'm going to the line. And also, I just have to say, his free throw th- shooting is fast improved. He shot in the 70s last year. I think he was around 76%. This year, he's pushing 90% from the free throw line. So, I mean, he's just, he's just like you said, taking the leap. And, you know, it's crazy. Even tonight, like, he missed a couple bunnies. He missed some floaters. He missed a couple, like, pretty easy looks that where if they drop in, he has, like, another 26, 27-point game. So, pretty crazy how it wasn't even, like, the best he could have played offensively, and he still put up a pretty easy 20-plus. So, yeah, he's uh, it's crazy how much he, how quickly he sort of, become just sort of an afterthought on the offense like i remember we used to say like he could be like the fifth best player on your team or on your like your fifth best starter and he's just sort of like an afterthought on the offense he just sort of catch and shoot and he's really quickly not like he's just not a catch and shoot guy anymore like he makes his own shots he gets to the rim i i I do i I fuck with the sort of isolation mid-range game i i really do i i really I know it's not analytically uh, savvy, but it's hot to watch. Damn it! it, it, it and honestly, that's the type of thing that's so valuable in the playoffs. Like on Hunter, I would not be surprised. Look, I'm not. I don't want to call a shot and say that the Hawks 100 percent will make the playoffs. Oh, you're calling it? Damn. He's saying it. He's saying it. People, get the recording started. But I'll be damn surprised if like we don't at least make the plan games. I, I'll be shocked if Hunter doesn't have great a great postseason. It, like straight up that. His game is just built for it, frankly. Yeah, he he he's built different, dog. And yeah, I I'm starting to agree with you. Like uh, like two weeks ago, once again, I keep referring to that just cause like the team two weeks ago completely different from the one we're seeing now, people. That's what I'm elaborating to. I don't see us having another skid like that. At least hopefully. And by skid like that, like I could definitely see us losing like three or four games in a row just cause that comes with being an NBA team and injuries and you know COVID and stuff. But I don't see us losing like the way we did, where it's an effort issue, where guys just aren't playing, where Trey's or Trey slumping. I mean, I just don't see that happening again. So I, I'm with you. I feel fairly confident the Hawks are. You know, I'm gonna go a step higher than you. I, I think we. I think we make the playoffs just straight up. I don't even think it's playing games at this point. I think there's there's levels to the shit, and the Hawks are at a different level than the rest of the teams we're competing with right now. I would generally agree. I think you know the record isn't outstanding, but I think we're like we're we're just a better team than the Knicks and the Cavs and. The, the sort of teams and are like little tier right now. I mean, the Magic aren't even close. To, uh, the Wizards, people thought they'd be on our like in this sort worst of team in the league. And they, I mean, Bradley Beal is having mental breakdowns on the bench. Yeah, I wanted to say behind like us is. in the standings right now for the East are Cleveland, New York, um, Orlando, and then Toronto, Charlotte, Chicago. And like, I hate to say it, levels to the shit. Like we're above all those teams. Like even though also, we lost to the Knicks and the Cavs, but I'm ignoring that. The Knicks, if, if you think the Knicks are better, the Knicks, there's five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jackson, guess how many points they have in the fourth quarter? I, I saw Austin Rivers having a good game, but how many points do they have? They have three points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> the the Jazz the Jazz were down, I think, like 15. Last time I checked the score, the Jazz are now up by 14. <laughs> They're on an 18-3 run. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, and that's just the fourth quarter. Look, in the third quarter, they won by 12. <laughs> So I mean, what's to be fair, the Jazz are playing like the best team in the league right now. But I mean, sheesh, the, the Knicks are, you know, the Knicks aren't god awful like you know like the meme, but they are not. I actually have a theory like, about the they, Knicks. They're playing game contenders at best, like just straight up. So, do we think Toronto's ever going to rebound, or is this just who they are now? They've sort of rebounded a little bit, but they're just a weird team. We Miami needs to figure their stuff out. I know they're injured, but. I mean, it's just weird. The, the East is very weird this year. Um, Toronto, I don't even know, man. Like, I will say they. They. Yeah, 
I mean, in their last ten, they're six and four. Yeah. So again, yeah. they they, re- they rebounded a little bit, but it's just one of those things where it's it's hard to because Siakam is just so not good this year. And Lowry slump. He's old. And it, it, like, yeah, at some point Lowry's gonna just fall off because he's old. Fred VanVleet's a solid player, but and OG OG Ananobi's a solid player, and Boucher is solid, but like. When you get past that, I mean, if you just have a bunch of role players, because Kyle Lowry and um, Siakam are supposed to be like the the quote unquote stars, and if they're not playing well, then that that's just a team full of role players with a good coach. And are you calling Siakam? I actually agree. Lowry's a role player. I mean, I, I, it's like you didn't even hear what I said. Siakam's like a league average starter to me. I mean, right now that's how he's playing. Yeah, I mean, what I said was. When Siakam and Lowry, who are supposed to be like their stars, aren't playing well, then it's just like they have a bunch of role players. So, but I mean, yeah, I they're a weird team. I don't, I don't. They're definitely not going to be a like a top five seed. Like that, that's just not even in the question anymore. But I'd be shocked if they aren't like a top six or seven seed still. So you like, you I, think I, they're going to come back? They already have a little bit, yeah, but. All right. Ultimately, yes. I'd so I'm I'm gonna name the East team behind us right now. All right. You have Washington, who is three and ten. Obviously, they missed like they missed like fourteen days of games worth because of COVID issues. You have Detroit at four and thirteen. This is the Cade Watch territory. Right uh huh. Miami is next at six and ten. Chicago is seven and ten. Charlotte seven and ten, and so is Toronto at seven and ten. And then you have Orlando at eight and ten. And then you have the Knicks and Cleveland. The Knicks are about to be eight and eleven, and the Cleveland is eight and nine. Which teams of that crop finish ahead of us? Do you think, like in the standings, um, if any at all? Like you can say none, and you know that's also fun. The only ones that even have a chance in my eyes, barring something awful happening to us, like I don't even want to say it, but you know what I'm. Thinking. Oh, I know. I, you, you know, know what? You know what? Knock on some wood. All right, we good. We good. Keep it pushing. Yeah. Barring anything like that, like one of the Heat or Raptors, one of them. I'm not sure which one because, I mean, it's the Heat are so weird. Like Bam Adebayo is hooping. Like Bam Adebayo is looking like, I mean, a top three center in the league right now. But Jimmy Butler's hardly played, and when he has played, he hasn't been great. Duncan Robinson's been, you know, I guess normal Duncan Robinson, but he's just Duncan Robinson's not a guy that you can have be on your team and he be like your second or third best scorer. Like, he needs to be just a nice complimentary piece. And then the fact that Heroes missed some games and Dragic has been okay and Jimmy Butler just hasn't been there. Like, he just hasn't. I mean, they're, I mean plus it's just a weird roster in my eyes. Like, I don't think anyone, uh, at least between us, I don't think we th- like, the, the Heat making that finals run was a fluke, just straight up. <laughs> um, I still think they're a playoff team, but they got they got a lot of things to figure out. Uh, and Toronto, Toronto might f- finish ahead of us. Like if if you were to ask me which one I think will finish ahead of us, Toronto or the Heat, I'd say Toronto probably more likely. But yeah, I don't know. Um, the only reason I'm really confident that one of them might finish ahead of us is just our schedule is so tough. But hey, man, if if, if we can just play some 500 ball, we'll we'll uh, I think we'll really make uh, make strides in the second half of the season. So lot we'll to see though. Yeah, I I, uh, I really do agree with you on what you're saying about how like you see one of like Miami or Toronto passing us. I give me give me Miami on that. I I think they'll I think they'll get it together, and I believe in Spo a lot. Yeah, that that helps, but it's just like, I mean the the Heat are not losing tough games. They're losing to the Pistons. Like they, they okay, actually that's that's their worst loss. They lost to the Magic as well. But I mean that's pretty bad you know. too. Yeah, I may have been the early season magic, and you and you know how the early season magic goes. They're built different. They really are. Um, I don't know, man. It's tough that their offense just is not getting the job done, and, and it's hard to keep up in the league, especially in the regular season when the offense does. Like when your best offensive player is Bam out of bio, it's just tough. You know what I mean? And I love Bam. I would, I would. I mean, oh my god, he's so good. Like I would trade a lot of fucking assets for Bam to be on our team, but. He just can't be your team's best offensive player, and that's what that's what the Heat have had to deal with this so far this season. So, I don't know. For me, it's a little tough to see it happening. But they could also swing a trade for Bradley Beal or something, and all of a sudden, then you know, we're in a little bit of trouble. So, it'll be interesting to see. 
I think the Wizards are going to win the Cade race. I, I think I think Bill's going to ask out soon. Did, did you see that picture of him tonight? He my man's was oh no depressed. No, he's legitimately yeah. He's having like mental breakdowns on the bench. He's like praying. He's praying. I don't even know what he's praying for. I don't know if he's praying to get out of Washington. If he's praying for Westbrook to get injured and never play another game again. I don't even know what he's praying for. But. That trade becomes a lot worse in hindsight, especially when you consider that the that the Wizards sent a first-round pick along with Westbrook, even though it's heavily protected still, just all bad. Yeah, I, I was wrong about that. I thought Westbrook would still be good. I'll, I'll take my teams. dub. I, I knew Wall was going to rebound. There's a John Wall all-star campaign out there, Logan. Thoughts on that? Uh, I'm not a part of it, personally. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. I would not go that. I mean, it's almost. It's not even like he's playing crazy well. He's just like. He's just not Westbrook, and so then five five. He's just not better. I like the the new league average for point guard should just be he's just not Westbrook. Westbrook's not even average. He's just weird. He's just profoundly weird. He's just bad at basketball. There it is. Yeah, we've officially seen through it. I, I take him. I take him on even with my uh, Achilles tightness. I'm taking Westbrook in a one-on-one. Easy. Let's say you get Westbrook. Out, Westbrook switches onto you at the perimeter at uh, your local LA Fitness. Oh, I'm just backing up to the paint. All right, real. Felt that. All right. You know what? That that's fair, dog. Yeah. If he can beat me with a shot, I don't care. And then if he goes and tries to dunk on me, I'll just take a charge straight up. That's what I'll do. I'll just I'll just stand still, like completely still, upright, my feet not moving. He can run into me, and I'll flop. I don't care. He has to go around me. That's all he'll have to do. Or he can shoot. His choice. I don't know why teams don't do this already, man. Also, shout out to, uh, I think there's a tweet like four days ago about how Westbrook was shooting a higher percentage from three than Trey. And ever since then, Trey has shot like, I don't even know, like probably like 15 for... 30 from 3 or something like that, so shout out to that tweet, man. I always, I always appreciate a good reverse jinx. So I, I saw a stat today, and it was like, uh, Trey Young's like past few game stats, and I went, wow. That is, wow. It's it's like it's like a sophomore year Trey, but the team's actually won. Yeah, and his, his <laughs> past three games, 38 points, 4 rebounds, 10 assists. 43 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. 38 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. So it, the flip has switched. We're back to uh, we're back to Trey being great. Yeah, the, the low number of assists is kind of weird, but I mean, does I mean if if he's winning, the Hawks are winning. Who really I cares? could care less. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow. We are on a back to back. I mean, there is some questions about if Trey will play. I mean, he did have that little incident where it looked like he rolled his ankle. So I wonder what he'll his status will be on the injury report for tomorrow. I would not surprise if personally he doesn't play. I could see that happening, but yeah. That could be a thing. I guess Capella could also miss it. Have we played Capella in a back-to-back this year? I'm not sure. And then Gallo played today. He didn't play well. He played pretty poorly today. Um, so I guess it's not. It's unknown if he'll play tomorrow. It's going to be weird. It's it's definitely going to be a... I'm not expecting a lot tomorrow, frankly. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty content as is. You know, if... It, it'll just be weird to see because, I mean, with the Nets, you, you don't know who's playing either, right? Like, Kyrie could just decide to chill out. KD might take a rest. James Harden might be the only. It might be James Harden and Jeff Green and Joe Harris against Hawks. Like, we'll just have to see. So, yeah, man. We'll just, uh, fingers crossed it works out for us. But whoever plays, you know, we'll be potting for it, baby. Oh, always. We, we then missed the Buck game pod, but I felt bad about that. But I, I, was, not, I was asleep, dog. I was like, you know what? I ain't doing that. It was just not a very. It was the whole pod would just been, hey, look how good DeAndre Hunter was, and it's just you know one of those things where it's like I don't know if we need to. If you thought I said he looks like a completely different player this year than last year, then woo, that episode would have had tons of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, hey, uh, we we may not always stick strictly to our uh, episode every game promise, but we'll do our damn. We best we try, time. you know. We we give. A, a pretty solid effort. Not the best ever. We're not grinding like Brad Roland, but, you know, we make it work, man. We'll make it work. As long as you as long as you try and put in all your effort, you can sleep well at night knowing that you did that. Exactly. I, I sleep well at night knowing that we got the best Hawks podcast in the land. So, you know. Yeah. I sleep. 
I sleep comfortably. I would like to say thank you because uh, Hawks Hawks was actually – this is a real statistic, everyone. We're actually the number one Atlanta Hawks basketball club podcast in the uh, Northeast. So thank you to everyone who allowed that possible. I, I, what are you, Where did you get that stat from? It's on Spreaker. I'm not even joking. Uh, so I thank you to all our New England supporters. You know, thankful for y'all. <laughs> Shout out to all the Celtics Hawks fans out there. Shout out to Maine, man. Vermont, this one for you, baby. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we as always we appreciate the support. There's no other way to put it. We, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like we're on episode twenty. No, feels like uh, feels like episode three, man. Yeah, feels like we just started this. Yeah, and we're still going. But yeah, I guess that'll uh, well, if you have anything else you want to say, Logan, before we end things. Shout out to the Patreon. That's all. You, you know the vibes. So, shout out to everybody that supports us. That's all. That's all. That's all I gotta say. You know. That's always how we gotta end it. You know what? I'll bow out after that. You know, what? I'll co-sign that. You know, thank you for the support as always. Hope you have a good rest of your week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. And yeah, this has been episode twenty of the Hawks Pod- Hawks Hawks podcast for me and Logan. We'll see you next time in episode twenty one. Have a good day and goodbye. Peace. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner easy way out. eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as Oma's Rouladen, to cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride.